Hello and welcome to another episode of my newsweb. News from the area of SAP and Microsoft and of course the world in between. So um, let's dive into the topics. First, let's start with some general <clears throat> news from the SAP area. I um, was made aware of one report by uh, Gartner. Um, I, I guess you all know Gartner. Um, it's bringing up those those magic quadrant um, thingies. Uh, this this analysis around uh, different areas, um, where they say who is the leader, who is a visionary, um, how do they perform, how do they are are those company able to execute with respect to serverless, with respect to analytics, for example. Now, if you remember the DSAG uh, technology days, there was one big um, area uh, that was covering the points, that the pain points around BW. And here, this report um, really fits in quite nicely. And uh, thanks to um, Roman Broich, who brought that up to me. Um, if you take a look at uh, the, the Magic Quadrant, and it's all about, um, let's say, visualization tools. It's about SAP Analytics Cloud, it's about Power BI, it's about uh, ClickView and, and such stuff, and how they help you to uh, dig deeper into data and analyze it. Um, this Magic Quadrant um, surprised me personally a bit. So we have yeah, Microsoft uh, Top Notch, which is not really surprising for Power BI. It's a bit surprising that, that Click and Tableau are not that far ahead. Um, but what really surprised me was that SAP was super low um, with respect to the ability to execute also with the SAP Analytics Cloud. Um, so if you're working in that area and if you're interested, I, I would really recommend to, to read this analysis. And also, it's long, so it's really... Um, uh, really, all those those competitors are um, are compared, and you always have the the strengths and the um, yeah cautions or kind of not not weaknesses, but something that you have to take into account. And there are quite some interesting insights when it comes to uh, SAP's offering. So um, yeah, really highly recommended, and many thanks to to Roman who brought that up. Then, um, as a second kind of general news, I uh, last week I presented the news that SAP bought another company, um, AppGyver, um, to complete, to enhance their, their low-code um, portfolio. And there was, of course, um, some discussion around that. And Tobias Hoffman, who is really doing a great job in, in <clears throat> critically analyzing all those steps um, also pick that topic up um, in the area of low-code to no-code and really gave a nice article about SAP's current notion around uh, low-code and low-code, especially because, um, as, I already, as I also mentioned last week, there are a lot of no-code solutions now in the SAP portfolio, SAP Room, SAP MDK, which um, is, is bundled with mobile services. And now we also have AppGyver. Um, and there is also ecosystem around this low-code, no-code thing, um, like, for example, Mendix. And yeah, 
as usual, a great read by uh, by Tobias. Great blog posts. Um, highly recommend it to read. Because yeah, th this is something that one really has to take a closer look at what will come up from, from the SAP side in that area, because now they really have a backpack, uh, quite some backlog um, items to, to consolidate that stuff. And I'm curious how this will work out. Now let's switch to the business technology platform. Um, there are some news that came out this week um, around um, the business technology platform. First of all, uh, one very, very cool blog post around configuring SAP Enterprise Messaging for SAP S4HANA on-premise. Because from my perspective, if you make um, event-driven extensions for SAP S4HANA, then basically the S4HANA system will be on-premise in the next year. So I think it will be quite some... Um, it's a very special case where this thing is an S4HANA cloud system, so public cloud system. And this, this blog post now really guides you how to uh, bring those two worlds together. Um, very, very detailed. So it really starts from what roles, what authorizations do you need, um, how to create the certificates, how to configure the, the enterprise method messaging. Um, Super, super helpful from my perspective if you want to bring those two worlds together. Um, then there is another news around the business technology platform. Um, SAP decided to introduce a new consolidated marketplace on SAP business technology platform. Um, for those of you who are working in the area, you know that there have been kind of two marketplaces. Um, yeah, now SAP aligned that stuff. It was a bit surprising. It was a bit unannounced from my perspective. Um, and I mean, for cloud software, we, we cannot switch to the old UI. It's just now there. Um, so if you are working on a um, business technology platform and you have to work with um, the, the service marketplace, take a look at this blog post because there have been some changes that are not really intuitive from my perspective. So one thing that I stumbled across or somebody stumbled across in my Twitter timeline was, for example, this going to the um, instances and subscriptions within the, the marketplace is really hidden under this little, um, under a little button within the subscription list that is um, not really intuitive. So, Let's see um, how customers will react, how feedback will be given. You can give feedback. So there is um, a pop-up if you log in um, and there is a feedback button. So if you're not happy with that, I highly encourage you to use that feedback button um, because that's that's yeah, important for such a central functionality within Business Technology Platform. Now let's go to the um, next topic namely a cloud application programming model CAP. And there is one blog post by Volker Busek, one of the most active contributors to the, let's say, um, community ecosystem around CAP. And he wrote a blog post with uh, six, six reasons why SAP should open source a cloud application programming model. This is something that he and Gregor Wolf already addressed quite offensively, uh, kind of. <laughs> 
uh, during SAP TechEd when they were interviewed. And yeah, he picks now up the story again. Um, what are the advantages in when you open source a cloud application program model? And there are quite some advantages um, because I think it's still quite a, a niche area. Um, and if you would open source it, at least there is a chance that community will pick it up because I think cloud application program model really has benefit, um, especially when you get rid of this coupling to um, SAP HANA, which is there with the open source Postgres SQL connector. So uh, then there is another uh, news from the cloud application program model area. Um, with respect to the tooling. So SAP brought an update within the SAP Business Application Studio that um, contained a new feature called Storyboard. And with this Storyboard, you basically have a visual editor for um, cloud application programming models and services. So with the Storyboard, you can um, visualize data model services um, and all those things. And you can also um, create them, edit them um, in a visual way. So up, up to now, basically, you had the code-based way to do that. Now you can also do that visually. I mean, it, it depends on how you, you like to work, how you want to work. Um, I think it, it's helpful if you come into a complex cup um, project or, or something that's already there and you want to... to get some first impression on the data model, get some first impression on the services, how they are interconnected, um, how external data models may be uh, come into play. So there, I think it's it's really quite valuable. Unfortunately, only within the uh, business application studio up to now. So no, as far as I know, no, no VS Code extension that is available for that. At least I, I did not come across that um, within the blog post. Um, then let's switch to my beloved environment within the business technology platform, namely Kima, where we also have a trial. And here the, um, I think, at least I stumbled across that one now, um, the, the um, help description about the trial account has been updated with some very important information with respect to um, constraints within your trial account. Because here is this, it is now clearly stated what you get in your trial account, which is a one-node cluster with four virtual CPUs and 16 gigabyte of memory. And uh, basically uh, a third of that stuff is already um, consumed by Kima itself. So this is something that you have to keep in mind when you play around within the trial, especially if you set up, um, let's say, a bit more complex um, scenario. Because, um, for example, when you have quite some, some ports running and you create a, a schema function, then the schema function gets built at some point in time and this build job might not get enough memory. And then this build job will never ever return. So uh, if you see something like that, then um, yeah, you have to reduce um, the other ports in order to get um, some memory-free, some CPU-free um, and in order to then uh, get going with a for example function deployment. 
Yeah, so that's that's something that's really uh, great to see that they they updated that. Um, they also updated um, some other things, and there is a blog post by Marco Dorn about the Kima runtime. Uh, easier start with the Kima runtime first of all for the productive environments. They reduced the footprint of the Kima components inside a cluster, because if you took a look in the past uh, how much there was consumed by um, Kima itself. You already paid just for, for the cluster quite a lot without having done anything. Now, this was heavily reduced from my perspective. And there is also um, a sizing calculator for the, the Kima um, runtime or the Kima environment. And this um, sizing calculator now has been updated in order to make your life a bit easier in order for you to, to find out the right initial cluster size that you want to have. Although be aware that there are some, some namings that might be confusing. So for example, there is a nodes section within the estimator. This has nothing to do with the Kubernetes nodes. These are kind of units that um, SAP uses in order to uh, um, scale your, your cluster from, from a commercial size. Uh, nevertheless, yeah, some some steps forward to make uh, Kima even better. Then there was another blog post uh, around the Kima area by uh, Gaurav Abi, um, who is heavily uh, pushing forward CI and CD. And within this blog post, he um, describes well how to set up a CI CD pipeline with a GitHub Actions. Quite useful blog post from my perspective uh, to get you started with uh, deploying your artifacts from uh, GitHub to uh, a Kima cluster. Um, quite some sample YAML files around there um, within the blog post and how to deal with credentials and so on and so forth. So uh, really helpful if you start with uh, CICD in the area of Kima. Now, some more news from, from SAP this time. Um, we have the uh, ABBA platform 1909. So you can now, as a, a developer, install the ABBA platform 1909, so what is underneath S4HANA, um, on-premise, on your machine, as a Docker container. So as we all know, we have the, the Steampunk, which is kind of a, a shared environment within the trial. You can now also have uh, some ABBA beauty on your machine as a Docker. Uh, file. Now the Docker image is available on Docker Hub. It's it's free, um, but please read the uh, prerequisites very very carefully, because um, ABAP is not the the slimmest um, thing to deploy to to via to Docker. So it needs at least sixteen gigabyte of memory. Um, it uh, needs I think around seventy gigabyte of uh, disk. So um, if you take the time to download it, make sure that you have those prerequisites in place on your machine. Now, there is also some um, sizing recommendations within the description of Docker Hub that is specifically for Docker for Windows, for example. Um, but this does not take into account if you are using Docker for Windows with a, a WSL um, WLS, so I think, um, with the Windows Linux 
WSL, yeah, Windows Subsystem for Linux um, in place. Because there you cannot do any uh, scaling because uh, Docker and WSL does that all for you. And there is another blog post by Thomas Young who picks up that topic and describes what you have to do and how systems will uh, behave um, when you deploy your ABAP Docker image on a, um, on a computer that has a Docker and WSL2 in place. Also a nice blog post and um, also a quite large machine that Thomas has in place there uh, with 64 gigs of memory and an i9 Intel. Yeah, that was it from the um, SAP side of the house. Let's switch to the Microsoft side of the house. Um, there is not too much this week, but some news that I think are interesting. First of all, um, from the serverless area, there is an um, extensive interview, 75 minutes on serverless chats about Azure Functions with, of course, who can do that better, Jeff Holler, um, who talks about Azure Functions, uh, durable functions, logic apps, and all-around serverless on the Microsoft Azure platform. So 75 minutes well spent. Unfortunately, no more news from the serverless area, but some news from the, let's say, connected areas. Um, there is, or there was, um, Cosmos DB webinar that is now the available on demand. Um, it's, it's for free. And if you're working within the area of, of Microsoft, I think you know that it's always worth to take a look at Cosmos DB and take a look what's what's possible there. And if you have not yet, a lot of um, experience with Cosmos DB. Well, then this webinar, I think, definitely makes sense. Then there was another announcement uh, this week um, around Dapper, the distributed application runtime. Uh, before Christmas, I already said there is, I think, a version 0.9, and a lot of customers already used it in a production environment, in a productive environment. And now it's officially uh, production ready. Version 1.0 came out. I've referenced the link to this um, release in the show notes. Um, yeah, it basically describes um, what what came in addition and how things evolved over the past month and how customers are using Dapper. So, um, and of course the the release highlight highlights um, of 1.0. So if you're working in the area of distributed applications, in the area of Kubernetes and, and microservices there, then um, I highly recommend to take a look at Dapper. If you have not yet heard about Dapper, um, there is a very short video that I also referenced. Um, it's, a, it's a two minute 30 video explaining you what is Dapper all about. Now, if you want to dive deeper into Dapper and you are a .NET developer, then I also have good news for you. There is a, a free ebook available on uh, docs.microsoft.com. That is Dapper for .NET developers. It's a preview edition, completely for free, uh, that you can simply download. No registration necessary. Just go to the page, click on the PDF button, and you have around about 120 pages of information around how to use Dapper in .NET. So quite nice move by Microsoft. Now let's shortly switch to the world in between SAP and Microsoft. 
Last week, I had a blog post by Martin Pankratz about how to um, snooze SAP systems with a Power Apps that are running within Azure. Now, this week, I, there, is, there is another blog post that came out um, that kind of picked up the same story, um, but this time not with Power Apps, but using Azure Logic Apps and within there, the um, decision email template to allow you to shut down um, SAP systems. It takes a bit of a different approach than the, the other blog post. Um, so it um, basically uh, uses emails and um, the, the actions within emails that you can trigger via durable functions in order to let you decide if you want to shut down a system or not. And based on the um, action that you trigger from the email directly from Outlook, uh, Python script is deployed and executed in order to gracefully shut down um, your systems on the um, on Azure. So also quite a nice read. And I think what becomes quite clear is that especially the, the persona that is um, doing operations within Azure um, in combination with SAP can really heavily benefit in, in bringing those things together, let's say uh, logic apps, let's say Power Apps, and also um, Azure Functions with the, the PowerShell flavor um, that, that can really make your life easier. So yeah, nice blog post. And there is a, a webinar upcoming that I want to highlight um, that is all around uh, extending SAP solutions using um, the Microsoft Power Platform, of course, with the one and only Holger Bruchelt and um, Ronald Zhang, from, both from Microsoft, who will, I guess, dive into this topic on how to combine SAP, especially the, the Business Technology Platform Extension Suite, with um, Microsoft's Power Platform. And I'm also quite sure that they will also tackle some um, operation stuff. So um, again, you can register for free for that for that webinar um, to get a little bit of insight into that area. And then last but not least for today, one further announcement around um, events that are coming up. There will be the first ever Azure Cosmos DB conference. It's a completely virtual event. It's a completely free event. Um, it's community driven. So um, yeah. If you're working with in the Azure ecosystem, I think um, building solutions and applications, you will sooner or later come across Cosmos TV. And then this conference, I think, is a is a very good chance to take a closer look at that area. And if you're anyway working with that, well, for sure, then I think there is some benefit in attending this very first. Azure Cosmos DB conference. Yeah, so that was it for this week's my news wrap. Some quite some news from the SAP area, so they have been quite busy there. Some news from the Microsoft area, and a little bit from in between. I hope I I had some news for you, some interesting stuff that you could now dig deeper into. Um, happy to hear feedback via GitHub, and with that. I wish you a nice Friday, a nice weekend, and I see you next week. Bye.